Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After Dark episode before training camp finally gets underway. I'm your host tonight, Greg Braggs Jr. Mark is on vacation, a well-deserved vacation before training camp gets rolling. Alongside me is our fearless leader of CHGO Sports, Jake Flanagan. Going to bring the passion and energy as he always does. How you doing tonight, Jake? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited. I'm ready to talk some bears, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's that yeah. time. You feel that itch, right? Yeah, it's the itch, uh, you know, and, and we're finally winding down from the off-season topics. I was joking with our, our guests coming on here in just a, in a short moment that it's the off-season of the off-season because most of the time we have some tangible stuff to talk about, but July, early July can be the the dark days of, of, of conversation and content when it comes to NFL conversation. It's probably the only time it's ever slow this time of year. So fortunately for us, the Locked On crew has been really gracious with their time. We had Peter Bukowski on. Uh, we had uh, Matt Derry on from Locked On Lions. So Locked On Packers were both covered. So figured, why not bring on the Locked On Vikings crew? So without further ado, we're going to bring on Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. And again, we appreciate your time and everybody from Locked On here over the summer as we did our little rivalry summer series and uh we're finishing off with you tonight luke how you doing doing good thanks for having me guys yeah well we appreciate you coming on like i said you know let's just get right into it because football season is upon us you know teams are going to be reporting to training camp here shortly um yeah i was really desperate for hard knocks uh bears (laughs) bowed out graciously george mccaskey said they're are 31 other teams that have a a story to tell. So he wanted no part of it. The reason I start out with that is because I've been watching uh, the quarterback series on Netflix. And I hate saying this, but I figure I'd kill you with kindness to start. And, you know, Midwest of you. Yes. It's the Midwestern way, right? We'll kill you with kindness before we stab you in the side to end this. But, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, a guy we rag on as Bears fans just to make ourselves feel better. Um, you know, when the, you know, or Aaron Rodgers, whenever the, the eventual playoff ending came and the bears are not Mm -hmm. in it, we have nothing but to root against you guys. And Kirk Cousins is a very solid quarterback, but somebody, like I said, bears fans will like to, you know, poke fun at, but I have to admit watching this quarterback series on Netflix, he is extremely likable. You know, I think they do a good job of portraying these guys in the angle that you don't get to see off the field. And I think that's the takeaway we were talking about it the last couple of days on our afternoon shows. The takeaway from a lot of bears fans is like, God dang it. Now, now I kind of like this guy, knock it off. I want to get into the season. And so I can go back to hating on these guys. Well, you know, what has been your takeaway? I'm assuming you probably watched the entire season. I haven't gotten all the way through it. What has been your takeaway watching that series? How, before I answer, I want to, I want to ask you something about that. How uh, likely do you think, well, give me a percentage that Kirk Cousins is a Bears quarterback in the next couple of years? Because I feel like that could go down. Zero percent, wow. Luke. You know why? <laughs> because we have Justin Fields. And I, you're, like, you're extending Justin Fields? He's going to be the guy for 10 years? Yeah. Well, that's right. Do you like that? <laughs> you like that, Brent? 
I don't, I don't like that. From what I I've seen, I would love it, but that's a different conversation. I um, don't like how uh, you, you started out with a curveball, Luke, and I guess <laughs> I, not, I know, I'm messing you know, with you. I was sorry. Let, let me answer your question. No, uh, it's fine. I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> get the I, chat fired up. That's exactly how it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think most of the stuff that's in there, um, I mean, I've, I've covered this dude for like six years now. So I, I knew a lot about it. Like I knew about the brain thing. I knew about the, um, like the, the neurology stuff that he did. I knew that he was a very studious person. I'm pretty sure he still has his like bins of notebooks. Um, I don't think this made the show, but he has these like big giant, like Tupperware bins, uh, full of every notebook he's ever had going all the way back to Michigan state, maybe even some high school. So if you wanted to ask him about a random second quarter play in week six of, of his second season at Michigan state, he actually could like find what he had to say about that play. Um, it's just, it is who he is. He's an absolutely bizarre person. Like my, my takeaway, but the like observation that sticks with me is Julie Cousins saying, you know, we're just like normal people. And then eight episodes of Kirk Cousins being like the least normal guy you could imagine. <laughs> and in some ways that it's necessary to be a quarterback and all the pain that he went through and all of the work that goes through um, managing that pain. And a lot of that stuff. And I think the thesis of the series is, is not unique to Kirk Cousins. Justin Fields took a bunch of hits too. He probably has to go through a lot of that stuff as well. Right. And it's just the nature of playing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, one of the more endearing moments was when he was reading a kid's book to his, his right. kids about, you know, taking tough hits and, and why the NFL has limited those hits on quarterbacks to protect dad. And and that definitely struck home with me with having a, a five-year-old daughter at home. I mean, these kids are at home watching this on TV. And while you, you know, in, a, in the in the picture perfect world, you just think of the kids cheering for them, but then they see their dad get smashed and potentially hurt. And I'm sure that's very scary for the kids to watch. So when, when I saw that moment, that that's like those little things that kind of just ripped away from my, my uh, meatball rivalry, you know, mindset right. and like put that, put that down for a minute and actually looked at this guy, you know, obviously like the human being that he is and, and they all are. So I think they do a great job. I'm I'm very hopeful that Justin Fields is in the in the next season. That would be a lot of fun to watch or you know kind of see that perspective of his journey. It'll be interesting to see what quarterbacks they bring on, but I, I kind of wanted to start there on a curveball uh you know with you not not yet get into the meat and potatoes cuz you know now that we, you know we look at this and and you guys are the reigning division champs and when Matt Derry was on from Locked On Lions he was very confident in saying that he feels like the lions are the favorites in the division. And you sure. hear that sentiment being passed around um, pretty easily. I mean, that's, that's kind of where everybody's they're like going pretty right. strong Vegas favorites. Yeah. Right. They're the, they're the, they're the hot team. They're the sexy name right now. And they, they the, the NFL, it's it's, yeah, it is very weird. And the NFL even showed that by putting them week one against the Kansas city chiefs to open the season. I thought it should have been right. Chiefs. It should have been Chiefs Bengals right out the gate. Let's get that yeah, rivalry sure. back on. And instead they choose the Lions, which blew me away, but also speaks to the rise the Lions are on. Do you think it's fair that a team in the Lions that haven't won a division in almost three decades, haven't been to the playoffs in the same amount of time, you know, haven't won a playoff game, haven't won a division, all this stuff, but they're the division favorites. Meanwhile, you guys, you know, obviously ended in disappointment but have always been one of the more consistent teams in our division. Do you think it's fair that they are ranked ahead of you? I mean, betting markets are a reflection of the masses, right? That is not, there's not one person saying this is what I think will happen. That's a reflection of what betters are actually doing. So I think it sort of necessarily has to be. Um, here is what I'll say. I think the Vikings won 13 games. I think everybody knows that that was an overachievement, right? That they weren't actually as good of a 13 win team as say the 49ers who actually won 13 games as well. Um, I think everybody kind of understands that most Vikings fans will admit that except for like the super like frothing at the mouth homers with you don't need to interact with. <laughs> and hey, on the, on the flip now. side, on, <laughs> uh, on the flip side, the lions were so hot at the end of the year and they started one in five. So they were digging out of such a deep hole. The fact that they almost did is kind of what everybody's giving them credit for. And they're functionally running back the same unit, a lot of continuity, a lot of the same people. So I, I get the hype. I do. 
Where I'm at with the Lions, though, is I need to see them prove it. I, I get that they're favored and, I, and good for them, you know, that they get a chance to win what is an incredibly weak division. The NFC North stinks, all right? Somebody's going to win at nine games. It sucks. All four teams suck. I'm sorry. Um, and maybe the Lions suck the least out of all of them, but this particular build of the Lions has essentially been in rebuilding mode in perpetuity since they got bounced out of the playoffs in 2016. I mean, since, and especially, you know, getting rid of Matt Stafford and all that stuff, they have been rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. It is time for them to go be real. So my, my thing on the lines, and I've even spoken with Matt Derry about this on his show is okay. Show me, you know, if you want to be that team, be that team, but we are done doing this thing with the lions where they win seven games and we pat them on the head and say, okay, good job. Now they get to be where the Vikings have always been, where the Vikings can win their division, go get into the playoffs but if they lose in the first round it's it's 9 11 <laughs> you know with yeah. the lions they can go 500 and everybody says yay yay good job i'm i'm sick of coddling them all right you want to be real be real uh but now you're real and so if you go win the division at nine wins and go get your your butts kicked by the cowboys in the playoffs we're gonna call that an underachievement they are now in what is supposed to be their super bowl window what they insist is their super bowl window okay then show me a deep playoff run and personally, I don't really think Jared Goff is capable of that without Sean McVay in his ear. Hmm. Hey, I think we're simpatico there, Luke, on sh the Lions have to show us and prove it to us before I'm, I'm a true believer. But I don't know if I completely agree with you with the, the division sucks. But I, I will say I understand why you would say that or Packers fans would say that too. Um, I think just maybe we've had to reassess what success looks like in Chicago. And maybe that's just us lowering expectations. <laughs> that's, well, that's very sad. <laughs> it is. But, but that that's also, you know, no disrespect, but you know, as a, a Vikings organization, you all came so close, so close to being the team that makes it to the Super Bowl out of the NFC a, a couple times. You've had some really, really solid sure. teams and, you know, the bears haven't had that in a while and, and for, for a long while. And, um, you know, it feels good to be on the come up. And I do feel strongly about that. And I think this roster sure. is improving. And, and for us, success may be different than what success looked like for the Vikings organization or the Packers organization the last few years. But I think if things go well in Chicago, we would like our success to be defined the same way you all did over the last five years, you know? And, and I think that's where we're hoping to get. And I think you, you all, what the Vikings are hoping to kind of do a quick flip, right? Yeah, where they're at right now is definitely transitioning away from the Zimmer-Spielman thing. I mean, that was, Spielman yeah. was in the organization for 16 years. So it was always going to take some time for Quasey to come in and establish the team as he wants it to. Um, last year was sort of, I, I think we all expected it to be a bit of a, a transition year. I mean, even the Vikings didn't, they said, we're going to be a competitive rebuild. Like, we'll we'll be a team you can't look overlook for the week. But hey, we are still kind of re, reshaping this because all of these guys are guys we inherited and we want to build the team the way we want. Um, and they're still kind of doing that. They're just doing it, it. The difference, I think, between what like the Bears and the Vikings did and the, the grand experiment that's going on in this division, I think, because these two teams are side mm -hmm. by side is, you know, Ryan Poles said, OK, here's the Ryan Pace team. I hate it. Goodbye to everybody. And we're just going to suck for two years. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. Um, and, and even if you hear them and I'm talking to like Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears, too, and if you hear the way the Bears, they are not selling this as a championship team. They're saying, no, we're still sure. we're still putting things together. You know, be patient with us. And I think that that's fair. Right. If the Bears win seven games, we go, hey, that's actually promising. Um, if the Vikings win seven games, we're burning down U.S. Bank Stadium. Right. Um, there, there is that difference, but that's because the Bears did kind of commit to, all right, we're just going to kind of not care if we win games for a couple of years. The Vikings cannot do that. The Wilfs will not allow that. Um, they must at least try to be a competitive team. And if they fail and they win seven games, we can critique that thusly. But the expectation will always be that we are doing everything that we can to stay competitive. That doesn't mean you have to run back the same guys, right? If somebody gets old, if somebody isn't good anymore, you move on. You try to get somebody that you like. Um, and if you look at each like individual situation that the Vikings have dealt with this offseason, Darius Smith, Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen, all of those, Harrison Smith, um, they've all sort of worked out in a way that makes sense for that individual situation. And if you staple it all together... It's just kind of a Wall Street guy trying to turn a profit on every little transaction yeah. Um, and and hoping that he can stack all of those profitable little, you know, you can't go broke making a profit, right? 
Yeah. Um, and hoping that he can stack all those together so that in the long term, it turns into something that's more of a contender than what we've seen the last few years of Zimmer, where they just sort of topped out at this 500, this inconsistent, they would fall apart for months at a time and you can never make the playoffs that way. And I guess it really comes down to just what talent evaluation, player development, and then attracting key free agents, right? I mean, that's really it for most. You got to be right. Yeah. Right. It's you, you can amass all the draft picks you want. I think back to the RG three trade with Washington and the Rams and the Rams whiffed on all, they traded down, got so much capital. Everybody said the, the future was theirs. And they whiffed on like every single pick by the end of the, by the end of that, everybody who was involved in it got fired. Um, so yeah, you can amass all the capital that you want, but ultimately you got to get players that are good. Yeah. yeah Otherwise I, it doesn't matter. Ironically, um, when they drafted RG three, a few rounds later, they drafted Kirk cousins. Indeed. And that was when I was very high on Kirk cousins. I, you know, being a big 10 Midwestern guy, watched him play more than a few times. And back then I have Facebook posts from my memories that every year show me that I wanted the bears at one point to trade for Kirk cousins when he was the backup in Washington. Uh, it's still I, possible. It's still yeah, possible. Don't give up on the dream. Now there, Luke, we, I, we'll, we'll get to <laughs> your Justin Fields bashing here. If that's where it's going to go. And I'm fine with that, <laughs> but let's, we'll take it step by step here. And, and I think overall, when it comes down to this year and when you talk about, you win totals and it's, it, it comes down to expectations. And when you spoke about, you know, the lines need to prove it. A lot of that has to do with expectations, expectations. A lot of times with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, who can always try to live up to those expectations until he gets to the NFC championship. The other teams struggle with those expectations at times, especially here in Chicago. We, we 2019 is a perfect example yeah. of that, but the lions aren't used to expectations and most teams in any sport, when you start to get overhyped before a season starts, you have to see how the players react to that. The Vikings sure. rarely are the sexy pick. I mean, they once upon a time when they had Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper and guys like that, that that's when it was probably a different vibe, right? But nowadays with Kirk Cousins, I think their level of expectations are always kind of consistent. You know, it, always because that's that, what Kirk Cousins is. I mean, he he reeks right. of 500 energy, and he brings that 500 energy where right. with, so to whatever he's going to overhype the Vikings before the season, so they can kind of come in and not like be gassed up on anything. They can come in with a different kind of focus. Now for the Bears, I do like the position they're in that they have very little expectation, and in fact, they've got a lot of people that are hating on them, saying Fields can't do this, and Eberflus is the worst ranked coach by CBS. Colin Coward today declared Justin Fields a bust, you know, and that's fine. I He's got to prove it. We all understand that. But I, I don't mind when they do that because it just kind of rattles the cages on these these guys a little more to, to, to kind of have a pep in their step. We don't do as well with the Kool-Aid. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The one thing that is interesting to me in the first round this year, when we went to the Combine. It was my first year ever covering the combine and I was really nervous to start. I didn't know how it would go for me, like how I'm going to step in, what to ask and be respectful of the other people around me. And as I walked away that week, there was only one person I could say, like, you know, all the questions were very generic. You're just trying to get a quote. You know, I kind of was learning the process, but the one player that really struck me and I said it on our air was Jordan Addison. He had this look about him. Like, I don't know what you can evaluate in a press conference, but I, I see what you're getting at. Though. It Impressive. was this, like, he like gives you this centered look and it's just one. Of, it's a maturity thing, but it's also like a, a driven focus. You can like feel it's honestly yeah. tangible. And I was really impressed by him. I just from the questions he answered for me and from everyone else. And I was like, this dude is going to be a player. And the Vikings went up and took him in the first round, paired him up with Justin Jefferson. I don't know how long Kirk Cousins is going to be there and what your quarterback position situation is going to be going forward. But for this year, you guys have a couple dynamic wide receivers that I think, you know, I, I, I don't think people realize how fast Jordan Addison is likely to acclimate to this league. Yeah, and he had a little hamstring thing in uh, OTAs, so you didn't get to see a lot of him. It's, it's fine. He's... Uh, not expected to miss any time or anything like that, but it meant the mystery stays. Um, you're not the first person to say that about Addison. I, I spoke to a bunch of people at, at Locked On that had covered him over his college career when when the Vikings drafted him, and they all kind of said something that's like, there's this this intensity 
that I mean, his Twitter handle is ESPN Jordan. And there is this like, he is so certain that he will be like the king of sports center. Like he just know, and it's not even like to a, a cockiness or a confidence. It's just, there is no other outcome in his brain ever at all. It's not an option to not be a star. And I think that has been the flavor of his, of like what drives him. I think it's really cool. Um, it, it's interesting. Depends on who you ask with, with Addison. Cause he's smaller and he didn't run the best for the, like an elite 40 or anything like that. So some people will just hinge on that and say, I, I don't know if this kid's the, the real deal. Um, but I, I was a huge fan of Addison going into the draft. So I was really stoked to get him. Uh, but the Vikings also lose Adam Thielen. And so it, it really is, you'll get a lot of different opinions around the Vikings world of, you know, some people thought Thielen was old and washed and replacing him with someone new is great. Some people thought, you know, we are just going one for one. Or some people said, man, we went for this, all this perennial all pro guy to a rookie. We don't know anything about this sucks. We're going to be so much worse. Um, and then there are other people who are like, it doesn't matter. Kirk Cousins won't win the Super Bowl. And there's like nihilists that live in misery all the time. <laughs> so it, it's yeah, been really there, done that. You ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it really depends on who you ask, but I'm excited for Addison. I, I think he's dope. Uh, I, I really like the way that he played in college. He was my second favorite receiver going into the draft uh, after Smith and Jigba. So I'm happy with it, but it really depends on who you ask. Luke, you mentioned Thielen. Tell me, um, I know there's a number out there. Is it nine of the 22 starters last year? Seven of the 22 starters last year are, are no longer there Oof. in Minnesota? Is that uh, I'd right? have to look Something like at that. the starters last year. Like, yeah. I don't have it offhand. I know the entire O-line is back. Kirk's back. Jefferson's back. Yeah. Offensively, Thielen and Cook are the only two significant members that are going to be different. Maybe the other um, side of the ball then. That's probably. And, but it's yeah. the other side of the ball, yeah. which was an abject disaster. Right. So they're totally rebuilding it. They cleared out the staff. They're running a totally different scheme. It could mm. not be more different schematically. They went from soft zone, conservative, let's let's back up and then you know break on things and tackle to screw it. Let's play man coverage and send seven every play. Like they're going to live in that crazy, crazy thing, which like I have been uh, on locked on talking about how I think maybe one of the most interesting matchups of the season is going to be the two bears games. Cause how does Justin Fields handle going into a game, knowing you're going to get blitzed 60% of the time and how that has played out in the last couple of years. And that's going to be a really big test. I think for Chicago moving forward, when they have to start asking themselves, okay, are we going to extend this guy to market rate? Or are we going to fifth year option or what are we like? There's decisions on Justin Fields coming up. Yeah. Um, and I think that the games against the Vikings who do not have an exciting defensive roster, don't let Vikings fans tell you that the defense is actually secretly star studded. It's, it's Harrison Smith, Harrison Phillips, Daniel Hunter might not even play for the team. And then like guys, like it sucks. Uh, but who cares? Seven of them are coming at you. <laughs> you know? Like that's yeah. essentially the thesis of the Vikings defense is I don't care what PFF grade this guy has. He's coming up the B gap. What are you going to do about it? Everybody can tackle a quarterback. Um, so how guys like Jordan Love and Justin Fields and Jared Goff handle that, I think is going to have a really outsized impact on where the Vikings land in this division. And I think because they do not have a very well-assembled defensive roster right now, it is in transition and in flux. It is kind of the ball is not in their court in terms of how successful they are in the division. And so I, I, I don't know. It's interest, going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But if you know the Bears do end up outranking the Vikings in 2023, it's going to be more because of the Bears than it is because of the Vikings. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I, and I think there's two factors into being aggressive like that on defense. You know, one, <clears throat> for you guys on your side of the ball, having leads early leads, you know, it gives you an ability to be more aggressive and, and more free with that kind of play calling as you know, yeah. if, if you're, you know, fighting a deficit, I think that's when you start to question yourself. And I know Brian Flores is extremely aggressive so that I'm sure he's not going to shy away from it too hard, but it does make you think twice, um, you know, as the lead starts to slip from you. Uh, the second aspect is while we talk about how the quarterbacks are going to handle it, the thing that I've been pounding the drum on the last month, because I think we've <clears throat> over talked, how much Justin Fields has to prove he can do this, that, and the other. Luke Getze has a big responsibility to counter these things. The you sure. know, blitzes and defensive protections set He's right. He's going like things the Bears have struggled with. Because, yeah, Justin Fields has the weapons, but so does Luke Getze. And he has to learn to use that 
counterpunch now uh, to his discretion. I mean, you look at the San Francisco 49ers, they could they could roll me out there at quarterback, and I think they'd still find a way to pr- be <laughs> right. productive, you know, and it's off of, you know, play action, bootlegs, and running the ball and doing different things in, of that nature. So system is just as important as your quarterback in a lot of ways. Obviously, quarterback is what wins you Super Bowls, but system can win you a lot of games. So um, that being said, let's just get into the quarterback talk. I'll start with yours before we get to old Justin. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, it's getting to the end of his contract. By your remarks of saying he could be somewhere else, you you, you said the Bears may be tongue-in-cheek, maybe not, but, you know, I'm assuming you don't anticipate Kirk Cousins sticking around. I had heard reports that he'd love to sign an extension, but I think the Vikings don't. Is that correct from the things that, that I've heard? Yeah, that's the, the way that Cousins has spoken about it publicly, and I don't think that there's uh, – I, I think that that's pretty genuine – um, the situation right now, he's in the last year of a contract. He signed that contract in 2022. So Quasi basically got here and retooled Cousins' contract, which had a massive cap hit and said, this is going to be a two-year thing. Um, and then at the end of two years, we'll, we'll reset. He has said they're not going to renegotiate. They're not in, in contract talks right now uh, for preseason. So if they do sign Cousins to, an, to another deal, which is absolutely not impossible, like that certainly is still in the cards. They've all left the door open but it will happen after the 2023 season is played out. So, hey, if the Vikings like go to the NFC Championship or something and Cousins wins MVP, all right, we're going to have a different conversation than if, oh, what's up, Kane? Um, or the uh, the if the Vikings are, you know, eight and nine and they get second place in the division and the Lions go and win the fourth seed, you know, then we go, all right, this is, we're going to draft someone and it's over. Um, or maybe they... Uh, they don't feel confident in their ability to get the next quarterback. So they'll sign cousins to another one year deal. That doesn't sound like something cousins is as excited about. If I were a betting man, I would bet that Kirk cousins is a free agent at some point in the 2024 off season for some amount of time. Um, and Were you surprised that the Vikings didn't look at any kind of quarterback in the draft? I mean, the Lions found oh, a way to did. get, you know, hooker. Okay. They tried, they tried really hard to get up with Arizona to go all the way up from 23 to three and take Anthony Richardson. That is a really difficult thing to do. They didn't, Arizona didn't want to go down that far. They eventually just, they ultimately went down like six spots from where they actually picked. They traded down and back up. So that was a really, really hard thing to do, but they tried for days to get Arizona to do it. They really wanted Anthony Richardson and they wanted that guy. I think once it came time to their actual pick, once Richardson and Stroud and Young were all off the board, they didn't like Levis. They didn't like Hooker as first round picks. So they're not just going to take the guy just because he's there. That's right. how you end up with Christian Ponders and Mitch Trubisky's. Well, yeah. Trubisky was a different yeah, thing. No. That's how you end up with uh, Christian Ponders. <laughs> yes. Um. So they weren't going to force the issue, uh, but they definitely wanted a QB really bad. Yeah, I was relieved when we made it through the draft and and Anthony Richardson wasn't on the Lions or the Vikings. Uh, the NFC and all, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, early in the draft process, it was hard to say where Anthony Richardson was going to go, and then he mm-hmm. shot all the way up to top five, so I was fine with that. Keep him out of the north. I don't know if he's going to be a great quarterback, but I don't want to find out within my own division. Right. Um, now we can just watch from afar. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I guess leading into that, then here's my question to you. And I think I already know your answer, but I, I'm going to answer, ask it anyway. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins for one more season or Justin Fields for the next five on your team? <laughs> so here's, I'll ask a clarifying question that probably reveals my answer. Uh, do I have to keep Justin for five years? <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, then I'll take Kirk. I'll take the flexibility. Uh, here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll lay out my Justin Fields take in, in a little bit more seriousness here. I am Justin Fields is very clearly the book is not written on him. I'll never say the book is written on anybody any sooner than three years into their NFL careers. It takes time, right? Guys can come out of nowhere. It happens. But with what I have watched of Justin Fields and studied of Justin Fields in either prepping for Vikings games or, or analyzing them or just out of curiosity... Um, he needs to speed things up a lot. He needs, he needs to go through stuff faster. And that's not guys are running routes too slowly. That's not anything to do with the protection. If anything, that's him making it harder on his O-line 
he just has to speed stuff up um and he needs to get consistency the highlights nobody can argue with it's all very fun but highlights do not an offense make you you need the bread and butter and that is what the bears have have missed all season on offense was was a good bread and butter and i think if fields can get that if he can get some some you know good you're you're good like to use a golf analogy like your seven iron you know it's not your driver it's not your putter it's not the thing that anybody is gonna spend the most time on. but you need a good seven iron to have a good golf game he needs his his seven iron um and, you know, you're, you're just sort of routine thing. That's never the most interesting play of the game. That's where it needs to happen. And, and for fields and where the bears are right now, we're going into year three. I think there is a sense of urgency in the same way there is with the lions. It's like, we can only say that you're full of potential for so long until we start saying, okay, where is the potential? And when you're coming to the end of that rookie contract, now you're going to have to decide whether to pay him what are you going to pay a guy that's all potential if he hasn't shown anything? So I think he does kind of have to show that he can operate an explosive offense that can do everything. And a lot of that is some of the, the more subtle nuances of, of calling protections correctly and understanding where those are at on, um, you know, O-line blocking angles and preserving them when you're with how you place yourself in pocket movement, when you do have to move for pressure, the bears offensive struggles are by no means all his fault. No, that is very clear. All kinds of bad stuff with receivers, bad stuff with, with O-line and stuff, but he does take his fair share of things. Can that develop first? He's young. Of course he can learn that stuff, but I need to see that break through a little bit before I truly believe that he is a quarterback. That's worth being your guy for 10 years. And if I'm Chicago, I have, and if I'm Ryan Poles, I have serious trepidation about it, especially Poles didn't draft him, right? This is this is a guy that Ryan Poles inherited. So if I get rid of him, it's kind of doesn't really reflect on me. That was a Ryan Pace pick. Um, so if if he doesn't take that that step forward in consistency, and I'm Ryan Poles, I'm absolutely going. Okay, who's getting drafted in 2025? Who's slated to be a free agent? Did Kirk Cousins just sign a one year deal somewhere? Because that might be an interesting bridge you know, to get that old veteran to train in a rookie that I'm going to draft in 2025. And maybe that's what we start talking about. I don't think you need to be super, super married to him just because the guy before you took him in the first round. I think that's a fair criticism. I, uh, I was expecting a pitchfork a potential. <laughs> I've, I've got the, yeah. and with my other hand, I have the pitchfork. Do you? Um, I'm, I'm going to take fine. it. You can, you can, you can for Frex, or no, he lives, he lives on the other side of the country. Frex, I have to at least ask yeah. Luto this. Like, I agree with, pretty much everything you said, especially the first part of that with he's got to speed things up. We know for sure. We feel that and, and recognize that he probably does too. Right. Uh, and I think hopefully he'll have a little bit more time. He has more weapons, a defense that will be better and all those things that, you know, will help the overall team. And uh, I, I think those things are important, but I will say in moments last year, one that always stands out to me, Braggs has, has heard me say it countless times, the, the route to, to Montgomery up the right sideline against the Falcons was a perfect example of Justin Fields showing and doing exactly what you just said. He doesn't do well enough. And I agree. He hasn't done it well enough, but then also the pass to Pettis against the commander, same thing. So to me, like he's shown it, but he just has to show more of it to it's, go along it's a with a frequency thing. That's right. Sam, if, if you look, yep. Sam Darnold has a highlight reel too, you know, sure. it's, it's a consistency thing. He no can doubt. make that throw twice a game. That's one thing. But if you can make that throw and make all the other throws and you're actually only missing five times a game, sure. now you're an NFL quarterback. And so it's a matter of frequency yeah. in a way that like his, his, like, like I said, his highlight reel is as cool as anybody's in right. the league. And that's really exciting and you get all the potential and stuff, yeah. but that that's all show. And the, you know, the slants are, are, are for dough. That's what makes you, for you're sure. you're living in the NFL and gets you to a point where those plays matter. But that it, really cool shot to Montgomery won't matter if that kind of throw happens and you're down three scores in the fourth quarter because you couldn't get your offense in front of the chains at all in the first half. You know, all in mind with this and Braggs didn't go go for it. I'm getting I'll it. say this: it's very difficult. You have to agree, Luke. It's very difficult to be an NFL quarterback in the NFL when you're not on an NFL team with an NFL roster, that's very competitive or at least True. average. And the bears did not have that. And they haven't had that. They haven't had great structure around him for, uh, a, you know, a long enough time, but I know I agree. I think we all agree. Like 
it's time to, to put up now. There's th- This should yeah. be a season of growth, and it may not be an instant success story, but I think if there's gradual progress over time, uh, I would much rather have Justin Fields than Kirk Cousins a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, as Super Bowls are happening here and parades are happening in Chicago <laughs> and you're going, why didn't we get one of those in Minneapolis? The, the meatball yeah, right. finally broke loose. I like the it. Uh, that's loose. where, that's where it's at. Uh, yeah. Our, I, I, our, they do need to, to place, they, they need to do better around him. I think the bears have done a bad job of, of nurturing Justin Fields and you know, well, thankfully there aren't any major uh, cap expenditures coming down the pipe involved with Justin Fields. That'll put a damper on that. Right. And his first year with it's the excuse train, you know, and, and yeah. our resident troll here, the the um, the fake Matt Nagy. Yeah. It's not the real Matt Nagy is in our chat, but he's in our chat every day saying Luke speaking the truth and Justin ensures CHO will never have. We are going to have the lockdown guys back because I appreciate, yeah. uh, you know, I, I enjoy the rivalry aspect. We want to hear from the other side of the fence. We'll find out in due time who's end up. You know how this all lays out, and if we're wrong or right, I got a um, a pizza bet and uh, whatever he's going to send our way, whatever kind of cheese they got in Wisconsin from Peter Bukowski. We got bets laid down for some of us here, um, but at the end of the day, when it comes to Justin Fields, I, I completely under, it's it's put up or shut up in a lot of ways. He has to take another step at the very least, and if not uh, a very a, a big leap to to quiet any kind of doubters, but I do think to your point of, well, he can just draft another quarterback. They had the number one pick in the draft this year with, I can't believe that what they did with it and Bryce young sitting right there. Now it would have been the most unpopular move and he would have thrown Bryce young into a team where the fan base probably would have hated him for two months Mm -hmm. until they finally accepted that he was his quarterback. Would have taken he, two seconds to get sour grapes and go. Well, maybe Fields wasn't so good. right, but it, it and it also people players in the locker room would not have liked it. So it yeah. would have been a very unpopular move. But he had the opportunity to cut bait right there mm-hmm. and take the quarterback on a rookie deal, dynamic player from a dynamic school from Alabama and Bryce Young. And so I think he kind of showed his hand a little bit, even though it wouldn't have been the easiest decision. They are very unlikely, even with the Panthers pick and the pick of their own, to have a chance at Caleb Williams or Drake May. You know, I, it's just very unlikely. The way the chips fell last year for them to get the number one pick was literally a miracle. Uh, and when you say, you know, down three score at the end of games, they weren't really down three score very much, you know, this season. they they Most of their scores came down – most of their games came down to – the last couple drives. And then the bears always seem to shoot themselves in the foot. They were honestly the opposite of what the Vikings were in a lot of ways where you guys won every one score game seemingly that you played in. And the bears on the other end lost every one score game. And I was thrilled. We're in the post game shows. I was, they were getting mad at me during the bears Packers game. I was literally rooting against the bears as Justin Fields is (laughs) scampering for 80 yards. That's hard to do. Stop it. Because I wanted what ended up happening for the Bears, and that was getting a number one pick and a haul in return. That doesn't mean anything for this year. They have to prove it. Justin Fields has to prove it. Luke Getze has to prove it. And it's so hard to evaluate a quarterback when there's, like Jake said, it's an inept roster around him. I, you know, Warren Sharp put out uh, some stats here in the last couple of days. He, uh, Justin Fields had the highest percentage of passes thrown under pressure, 46%. The least was Tom Brady at 20%. And to your point, that's because Tom Brady knows how to work the pocket. So some of that 46% is on Justin Fields. So I agree with you there. Um, He was sacked 56 times. He easily could have been sacked 96 times. I think he saved some sacks while also causing some. So it's so hard as fans or even evaluators to try to understand, you know, exactly how this is going to go. Now there's a team around him. Yes, it's going to take time to build some continuity and chemistry between the O-line and the wide receivers. But at the end of the day, the excuses are starting to get limited. Last year, they were plentiful. So I'm excited to see how it all shakes out. And I think Justin has the right mindset and attitude to to excel. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, you know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. You've given so much here tonight. It's getting late. No one eat dinner and everything else. Go ahead, Jake. I just I just realized this with uh, when – when Peter Bukowski was on, I kind of started to side with him or back him a little bit. And I have to say with Luke, I have to say this because you made a good point, right? Hey, the bears were actually closer in some of those games. It wasn't that, that many blowouts, but 
to Luke's point, I don't know how many of those games they were in it late because of Justin Fields' arm versus more of his legs. And I think, again, that goes back to what we're all saying, right? Like he's, he's got to show it with that arm. You, you can't make a, you can't make the plane out of it. You know, yeah. It, it's, it's great for highlights, but you can't make, you can't stay ahead of the chains consistently. It, it'll dig you out of the odd third and 15. And that is huge. That's very impactful, but you know, it's, it's, it's the toppings, not the pizza. Right. And, but we, with all the highlight reel that's Justin Fields has, we can also put on a, a you know, a, a, a reel of miscues of guys letting Justin down at the end of games. For uh, sure. Mooney dropped a game winning touchdown against Saint Washington, Brown. Dante uh, Pettis and Equinamia St. Brown dropping balls in crucial moments in the fourth quarter. That doesn't mean it's going to translate this year. He has to, they have to execute those plays this year too. So that's what I mean. It's it's a very hard thing to evaluate. It's going to be very interesting at the end of the day. I, I do think the Bears have an opportunity to make a Lions step this year. You know, uh, I, the Lions certainly excelled at the end of last year and, and got to nine wins after their rocky start. I'm hoping that isn't the recipe the Bears try to lay out this year, but we'll just have to wait and see. But for your Vikings, uh, before we let you go, What's your prediction? You know, I, you know, I know we're still early stages. We haven't even gotten to training camp, but you know, uh, if you could give us one, like, how do you see this season shaking out uh, with Kirk cousins and the Minnesota Vikings? And maybe at the end of the year, we can bring it back. It's going to be volatile. I think never a dull moment, right? Uh, With the way that they anticipate playing on defense, it's going to be a team that can sort of win any game, but also lose any game no matter who, who the worst team, like they could be playing the worst team in the league and they could lose it by two scores and they could then turn around and like upset the Chiefs or something. Anything right. can happen. And I think when you have a team like that, that's going to be high highs, low lows, and inconsistent with it, which is what the Vikings have been every year with Kirk Cousins. Uh, you're going to hover somewhere. It's all going to come up, average out, hover somewhere in the middle. Their Vegas over-under is eight and a half. I think that's fair. So give me eight or nine wins. And if that wins the division, it might. Depending on how everything else goes, I, I think two of the teams in the division don't even anticipate being taken seriously. And then you got the Lions. Um, if the Lions can win more than nine games and get the division, I think it is theirs for the taking. But that is the if for me in the North. I, I think you can kind of bank on the Vikings somehow scraping their way to a random eight or nine wins uh, and being one of those teams that, hey, if they get on the hot streak at the right time, maybe you make something out of this season. But it's going to have to be like a streak of winning some coin flips, you know? Um, but they'll, gosh darn it, they'll be good TV. Yep. And the thorn in our side of this whole division, Aaron Rodgers is no longer a part of it. Is that right. a weird feeling for you? I mean, he's he's kind of given us all a little bit honest, of He hasn't been a part eight. of it for about a year and a half. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> now, and then he goes to the Jets, just like Favre did. And Favre ended up, it's, was it? Yeah. Did he go to the Vikings, then the Jets, or the Jets, then the Vikings? Jets, then the Vikings. He went Jets so one was, year, got hurt, and then he... he okay, so is Rodgers... The Jets, because the Packers wouldn't let him out of the contract to go be a Viking. That's right. Had to so go is Rodgers going to end up on the Vikings oh, wow. here? Depends on how spiteful he is, but I feel like the timeline works out a little bit better for that to be you guys this If time. he follows Brett Favre to a T, this man is insufferable. There's That's the only <laughs> word for it. It's, I know. don't think... I, honestly, it felt a little bit like after he lost to the Lions last year, it felt like he was so ready to be done and then you know a month goes by and the pain kind of wears off and he decides yeah. to come back i, I was think calling he's... my shot the whole i had him retiring and i don't know me too I and i still think day. that he's i don't think he's enjoyed football in a while i, so I, I don't know if one year with the jets the jeopardy and i was gonna support yeah. him in that endeavor but we'll have to wait i guess see. i guess he really won't be truly far until he you know is in some wrangler commercials some copper fit commercials and then he has like to defraud his home state, yeah. state of Mississippi to help build a volleyball gym. Well, you just never yeah. know when it comes to this division and then we'll let you go, Luke. It, it, you know, I think the Packers are just such a wild card because we just don't know what Jordan love is. A lot of bears fans sure. are ready to call him a bust and, and I'm happy to do that too. But until we actually see it and, and know it for sure, um, it's hard to say, but with the other three teams, I mean, we have expectations raised to a certain extent here in Chicago as fans, but I think nationally, they're lower for the Bears, and that's fine. We'll have to wait and see. But I think overall for this division, there's a lot of winnable games. It's not the hardest schedule right now. I know that can change when the season ends. The strength of schedule can look totally different than how it looks on paper, and we're all essentially playing the same team. So 
Um, you know, you know, when you look, talk about eight, nine wins, you know, the lions are going to be around there. You guys might be around there. And I think for the bears, that would be their high end. If things, everything worked out and, and things went the way bears fans hope they will. Uh, but it'll certainly be a, an interesting season to say the least. And really looking forward to it. Uh, again, Luke, I want to thank you. Um, and then everybody from locked on from, for supporting and, and, and showing up here on our shows. Uh, you guys are always welcome, even though Matt Nagy in our chat doesn't believe that. Uh, we'll let you return for your uh, fields bashing, but we're okay with the differentiating opinion, and we appreciate you coming in uh, for the final episode of of this rivalry series yeah. we've been doing. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Appreciate it, guys. Good times. Hey, are you are you a gopher or no? Uh, no, no. Never mind then. Sorry. We'll just yeah. No, no, we I just saw like Locked that. On Golden Gophers that. was hanging yeah. out, so I, I I had to say hi. But no, no, I don't really have a college football team. I went okay. to a college that does not have a football team, so there I never go. really got a loyalty. All good. I was just going to mention Lawrence Maroney and uh, Marion Barber the third, and how great it was to see them in Minnesota when they played in college. But that means nothing good to times. you. <laughs> Thanks no, for joining that. I, I yeah. remember that. Ooh, I, I watched them with my dad sometimes as a kid, but I just never go. really got into college. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for all your time and your insights. Uh, Look forward to seeing how all this shakes out and uh, best of luck here uh, with everything you guys are doing over there. So um, we'll catch up with you real soon, Luke. Yeah. Take care guys. Yeah. You too. That is Luke Braun from locked on Vikings. We appreciate all their time uh, this off season. Um, It's been a successful bears after dark here. I, I, I kind of held Jake's feet to the fire. I wanted to continue this through the summer and had some different ideas and we were able to bring on some different guests, some fun ones. And in this rivalry series, I enjoyed just trying to get a perspective from the other side of the tracks. And, you know, I think across the board, Peter Bukowski, Matt Derry and Luke Braun, they have their doubts. And I understand that that's the national perspective of Justin Fields. And, yep. I'm sure Justin is very frustrated by that because I bet you he doesn't think that the Bears have necessarily done right by him yeah. in forming this perspective, which, you know, at the end of the day is fair yeah. because the numbers are the numbers. The tape is what it is. And we as fans can all, you know, make the excuse train. And we've done this with so many quarterbacks. I've done it a million times. With Mitch Trubisky, I would constantly point out. I, my, my moniker back then was I, I got tired of everyone blaming Mitch. So I'd always say it's not all on Mitch yeah. and I would blame Matt Nagy. Who's in our chat uh, for not having a balanced offensive attack, not understanding. Real Matt Nagy. He'd yeah. run, you know, on third down, he'd run to the short side of the field and, and do things that just left you scratching your head. Uh, there was not much offensive chemistry and rhythm to the way he called plays. You can talk about when our teams have led the league in drops or, you know, it's always, there's always an excuse you can find and the best quarterbacks will eventually rise above those things. Justin Herbert, uh, you know, is on a bad team, but still puts up good numbers. Uh, Joe Burrow in his rookie year had a bad offensive line was getting destroyed at one point. It, you know, put his health on the line and he got, a pretty serious injury, but he still put up big numbers with Justin Fields. Yeah, of course we all understand how bad the roster was and I'm willing to give him a pass, but at some point it's money on the table time. The bears do have the right to franchise tag him after this year, if they haven't gotten a full answer. But like I told Luke, I just think if they were, if if they were where, you know, some of these lockdown guys are with Justin, they would have just cut bait and taken Bryce Young. Right, And it would have been a Band-Aid rip and we would have all as fans screamed to the mountaintops and and vowed to never watch this team again. And there would have been players on the team that would be demanding trade because of how much they, you know, are loyal to Justin Fields. But at the end of the day, they didn't make that move because I do believe they believe in Justin Fields. And now they showed that by trading for Chase Claypool midway through the year and giving up a second round pick that ended up being 32. They showed that by when they made their trade back with the Panthers asking for DJ Moore. You know, they they showed that with their number 10 pick in the draft, drafting Darnell Wright. Yeah. They are preach giving everything Reverend they Braggs. possibly can for Justin yeah. Fields because they believe in him. And yeah. it is on Justin Fields' shoulders to now prove them right. But it is also, and I'll keep banging this drum. Yep. All the way until the season. Luke Getze is just as much responsible 
for getting this plane off the ground as it is Justin Fields. And it's okay. easy to just point at the quarterback, but Luke Getze has to get this train rolling too. For sure. And not to get too spiritual to continue uh, the path that you were on there, uh, Reverend Braggs, for tonight. But <laughs> but you're right. Like it comes down to faith and fields, and it comes down to what uh, all of us who watched Ted Lasso learned. You know, it, it reminds you to believe. And I think that belief in, um, you know, a young athlete who has shown skills and who uh, appears to be someone that you that can be that franchise quarterback and to lead this organization to a Super Bowl. Um, I choose to believe in this next version of the Bears instead of worry and doubt and and look for what could go wrong and when the shoe will drop in the cloud is you know dark and and when the the real uh indication of this working out the way that i envision it i think you envision it too is this what's right behind you in your framed wall there is is a jersey of a man named jim mcmahon and i love jim mcmahon growing up and and if we have a fields jersey behind you five years from now ten years from now or behind me on this wall in the same time frame we'll know that he led this team to the Super Bowl, that they were champions, that this organization got on track, and it was it, they made the right decision. And I believe that's going to happen, and I choose to do that. And why not? <laughs> why not? Indeed, I you know. <clears throat> um, so, you know, the the thing is, it's it's frustrating to hear guys like Colin Car- Coward call him a bust, and and then cite the win, the win loss record when that's not exactly all on him. You're not being fair. Colin Cowherd's a bust with that comment. (laughs) Yeah. If I had known he was saying that during our show today, I'd have completely railroaded him. Um, You know, especially saying like he, he lacks self-awareness. And I saw my guy Ross Reed put on Twitter and I think he, he said it perfectly. A guy who bust in 150 kids to come to his camp lacks self-awareness. Yeah. I think you're just trying to say whatever you possibly can to get a reaction out of us, For sure. which now I'm failing at that because I'm giving him that reaction. But you can try to pick apart his game on the field, but when you want to talk about his self-awareness as a uh, person off the field, if that's what you're insinuating, uh, I think you're, you're missing the boat there, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Uh, before we wrap this show up, I, I do want to give a shout out um, to everybody that is a diehard. And I really want everyone to, you know, I want to encourage everyone. This is the best time of year to become a diehard. Uh, we, you know, training camp obviously is a week away. You yeah. get exclusive newsletters from Adam Hogue. Uh, that are only you know readable from diehards. We're going to be doing happy hours as the season goes on. We did more than a handful last year. Corey Wooten was involved in a few of those where you kind of just get to hang out and ask questions one-on-one in a Zoom meeting. It was a lot of fun uh, kind of getting to know the fans one-on-one in that regard. We have a Discord chat, which is private to just our diehards, where we have conversations about all of our teams, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, Cubs, White Sox, Sky, uh, Fire, Red Stars, on and on. We 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 uh, really enjoy interacting with our diehards, and, and then of course all the merch that you can get a discount on the live events. You know we have a crosstown event for Cubs Sox coming up next week, July twenty sixth. If you're a diehard, you get a discount on that event. Come to Cubs Sox. I'll be there. Jake will be there. And there's uh, another one a month from now at Wrigley Field because that White Sox one now is officially sold out. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so. See, and that they're selling hot. So yeah. tickets still available for the Wrigley side of Cub Sox for our crosstown event. And then of course the, the Cog Hill, uh, August 25th, uh, our first CHGO kickoff golf event. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, at the famous Cog Hill. Uh, I'm, I'm working on my game right now just yeah. to have a respectable showing. Uh, I wasn't going to start swinging the sticks, you know, for my first time out there. So, uh, August 25th, we're going to be doing that, uh, again, become a diehard. You get a discount on that. We're all going to be out there. Corey included Corey Wooten included. So that's going to be fun. And there's exclusive merch that you can get at that event. If you come, uh, you know, a nice little pins and aces uh, polo I'm seeing in the graphic. So it's, it's exciting for it's an exciting time for CHGO, Jake, because uh, I know we have a lot of big plans for training camp 
and as the season progresses. And then, of course, our tailgates that are going to be coming up yeah. uh, sooner rather than later. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing those last year. And this year we got big plans for them as well. Absolutely. I mean, the, the best way to put it is if you're a Chicago sports fan and you're not a diehard yet, it's time to become a diehard. And uh, why not? Because this era of Chicago sports is going to be amazing. I still believe strongly that 2024 could be the greatest year in Chicago sports history. Um, But I'm going to need a little bit of help. And uh, I think we're going to see that growth this year and let's build this community together and be there at events with each other and, and hang out and get, get this great merch and just uh, really, you know, be all in on these Chicago sports teams uh, all season long, especially the Chicago bears, because, you know, bear down, man. Yeah. Bear down all day long. Uh, So Jake, you know, when you talk about, you know, some of these things that are, um, you know, when we talk about training camp coming up, is there anything that stands out to you as far as uh, training camp battles that you're looking forward to? You know, I'm definitely interested to see this running back room shake yeah. out with uh, Roshan Johnson and, uh, you know, uh, Dante Foreman entering the fold. Khalil Herbert, you know, had a really nice season. You know how high I am on Khalil Herbert. I know other Bears fans aren't as much because of his pass blocking. I'm not in that category, I guess, as much. Maybe I spent too much time hating on David Montgomery. I don't know. Um, Is there any particular position group that you're most excited to see when we get out there? Wow. Position group specifically, uh, I think I probably would have went running backs too, but I'll let you take that. Um, I I think that's going to be really important for the overall success of the team. Uh, this season and and will really help fields out a ton. Uh, But just really the collective group on defense. Like I I think, I guess the secondary for me, I want to see, I want to see Jalen Johnson be what he believes he is and what the bears at to this point are still waiting to decide if he's that or not. Right. And I want to see if Eddie Jackson is exactly who he says he was today (laughs) on Twitter which was amazing to see because I like that a lot because that's a player who's shown it before. And now he's had a pretty, pretty significant injury, but we know that guy is dynamic and he, he can be a leader through action and, and, and on the field, off the field. And, and, and I think it's really going to be important for this defense. If those two can be what, what they've shown they can be in the past alongside this linebacker core, that's going to be so good. I just really feel strongly about that. Um, and we know up front, uh, there's a lot to, to be determined. But um, if we can get the linebacker core in the secondary, you know, firing at all cylinders, I think things will, will shake out up front in time with some of those young guys and, and that energy and that, that burst, that sure. explosion. So I'm a little less worried about up front than maybe most Bears fans, but it, it's still early. So it, ask me after the third preseason game how I feel about – uh, the pass rush and and what, what we've got the, going up front and maybe I'll feel differently, but yeah, it's definitely, especially the rookies. I mean, I think everybody's excited to see Jervon Dexter and yeah. Zach Pickens get out there. Um, but to your point about Eddie Jackson, for those of you that missed it, he, he said on Twitter that uh, he's going to have, he's, what did he say? He's going to be the, the, have the best year a safety has ever had. And then he said, I, you know, you can quote me on that, I believe. So, you know, he's he's talking a big game, and, and you got to love that because, you know, I do think last year he was – he said, I'm going to have one of the best seasons ever played by a safety. Yeah. So, you know, and then he said after that, mark my words. So – Liked by uh, 5,500 fans and retweeted 680 times. Yeah, so I wonder how many bookmarks were in there. You know, let's, let's keep these repeats. <laughs> but, hey, you know, that's one guy that last year really – you know, uh, stepped up. Eberflus comes in, new philosophy, a hits philosophy. Um, Eddie Jackson's been somebody that fans here in Chicago have always ragged on for not being willing to put his head down and make a tackle. Eddie Jackson was putting his head down and making tackles last year. He was being a leader. He had really evolved, I think, from just being a dynamic playmaker with a lot of potential in his rookie season, making all these plays, pick sixes galore, to a guy that, was willing to put his head down, but more importantly, being a leader to the young guys around him. Yeah. And uh, if he can stay healthy alongside Jaquan Brisker, we, I mean, how many years 
in the early mid two thousands when Mike Brown would get hurt every year. Yeah. Were we just begging for that safety tandem? Absolutely. And we never seemed to got it. And then in 2018, Adrian Amos and, and Eddie Jackson were able to put a, a solid year together. Now you got Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson uh, this year and Jaquan being in his second year now getting yeah. a little bit, you know, his feet under him in the NFL, you know, and then, you know, Glenn Morgan was on the other day saying Tyree Stevenson can win defensive rookie of the year. And me Let's and Marshall, go. I mean, that blew our hair back when he yeah. said, that. like, but his, um, you know, his, his theory behind it did make sense. And, you know, when you talk about this linebacking core really being standout, you know, I, I think for all three of these, you know, locked on guys, I, I think that's something that they really haven't talked. All the focus is on Justin Fields, sure. which really takes the pressure off of everybody else. But nobody's really talking about outside of Chicago. You and I know. We know. This, it's a, it's going to be different. And, you know, that's exactly what I was going to say. And I guess it would echo a little bit what Glenn was saying is that, if you ask me two things, and I'm glad we got a few minutes here where I can I can dig into this just a, just a tad because I didn't yeah, get man. to do that the last time I was on with you. You're the boss. Uh, you can no, stay no. as late as you want. No, we don't have. We, <laughs> you need to get to bed no. too because no, know. no, I'm good. I'll dude, I'll talk for four hours. If, 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 <laughs> I know you would too. Uh, we will in the future. I, I'm going to be committed to uh, some more Bears After Dark appearances as we continue to go on. I'd love to do that um, if everyone will have me, but um. My thought is this, and I think it says a lot about Brisker where he's at when I'm not even talking about him because I feel so rock solid with him where he's at. Right. No questions for me. I love it, and I love that guy. I think he is very important. But I think that the turnovers that could be forced may be very high this year. And I don't even know if it's like the pressure on the quarterback type of turnovers – more so the coverage turnovers and and the big hit turnovers and the collision type of turnovers and getting a hand there and and, and then Eddie Jackson comes out of nowhere Brisker comes out of nowhere and takes it away. I think there's going to be a lot of those and then on the other side of the ball something I've been very very uh uh adamant about tell me this Braggs whether you're at the red zone maybe you're inside the 10 maybe you're inside the 5 there what do you do when you're an opposing team, when you're opposing defense and, and Justin Fields is under center, all right, and you look out and you've got DJ Moore one side, you look out the other way, let's just say you've got Darnell Mooney and right. Chase Claypool, and wow, he's got some height to him. And you look over there, there's there's Cole Komet. Hey, he may be a target in the red zone that may be difficult to deal with. Maybe they do a two tight end set or something, and, and maybe yeah. they mix things up. There's Tunyon. What? Are you going to do? We haven't talked about the running backs or how that goes. You drop back, you throw to any one of those guys. And maybe you've said it too. You've got Velas coming around the end, maybe in a different, in a different play. And I love that. And, and you've got Roshan, you've got Herbert, you've got, you've got Foreman, you've got so many options. And if all of those don't work, Braggs, who do we have as our quarterback? <laughs> right. Right. Cause uh, when Luke said at one point, you know, they're just going to blitz and anybody can tackle a quarterback, not our quarterback, no. ask Kassan Reddick, uh, you know, one of the top sack men of the league last year, uh, Justin Fields threw him off like a kid, That's you right. know, and uh, some of the Eagles players even took notice and went on their podcast that week. And we're like, what the hell was that? Right. Uh, so you're absolutely right. And that's why I keep pounding the drum. Hey, Luke Getzey, man, it's your turn. You got all these tools. You got all these toys to play with, yeah. and you better execute them and and put these guys in the best position. Because that's the thing, you know. You talk about you know the dink and dunk, and Justin's got to get better at that, of course. But how many guys can get separation off the line of scrimmage the way DJ Moore can? Right? Not, you not see many. that chemistry with Darnell Mooney. Yeah. You know, uh, Darnell Mooney in. Fields rookie year. I think he had like 1200 yards. Allen Robinson was a part of that wide receiver sure. car, even though he wanted out of here, it was at least somebody that the defenses had to respect to an extent, even though he's dragging his feet because he was yeah. not happy with how the organization was treating him. He at least was a threat for defenses that had to respect him. Darnell Mooney puts up 1200 yards and Justin and Darnell had chemistry that season last year, even though Darnell got hurt, there were moments where Ju Justin, could show you he can put it into him in the red zone. Right. They, they had very limited options, yeah. uh, you know, because he's not trusting his protection, you know, every it's, it's a cumulative effect. So, you know, now you've got a guy in DJ Moore who you should be able to trust 
on that third and seven is going to get off the line of scrimmage and create his separation to be able to convert that first down, get that touchdown in the red zone because Mm -hmm. they're going to stack the box. You know, you ask, what are they going to do? They're going to stack the box and make Justin prove he can beat him with his arm. Now you're right. Justin can just run through it. He'll probably take a few licks if he does that too much, but that should be the fail safe. You know, that should be the, the last resort but they have a lot of options at their disposal and it's just about them coming. How fast can they come together? That's why I like the way their schedule lines up early on short of that Kansas city game, which, you know, others can have some belief. Uh, I have my doubts, but that's fine. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how that game goes. It'll be exciting nonetheless, but regardless, we got the bucks, you know, a team that's figuring things out. The Packers week one at our house. I like how this lines up to let the bears get their feet under them and figure out what they want to do offensively as right. we get into the season. So it's yeah. really exciting. This is the the last After Dark episode that we're wow. going to have until, you know, uh, two weeks from now, and that'll be the day before the Hall of Fame game. As of right now, my guy Jack Silverstein is is due to come on for that show. Oh, Jack's uh, awesome. From yeah. Windy City Gridiron. Uh, Jack, his, if you don't know who Jack Silverstein is, he's, he's a good friend of mine and, and one of the best historians of Chicago sports sure. and specifically the Chicago Bears. And I want to bring him on the day before the Hall of Fame game. Guess why, Jake? So I can scream at Mark Carmen about why Devin, Devin Hester, Hester doesn't have his gold jacket the next day uh, or that day, I think, is maybe when they do the inductions the day before or whatever. But uh, furious about that. So I'm going to have Jack Silverstein come on and explain to Mark Carmen why he is the greatest of all time. And uh, that should be a lot of fun. And we'll be well into training camp at that point. So we're going to have plenty to talk about and and roll over. Uh, So it's going to be a lot of fun. This is my last day until next week uh, when we get into training camp episodes. So uh, it's been a a fun off season trying to grind through it. And uh, we're, we finally at the end and uh, I'm very excited to get to tangible football conversations and daily updates about our beloved Chicago bears. That's right, man. The future starts now and it's bright. Yes, sir. So uh, that I think wraps things up for tonight. Please hit that like button, uh, subscribe if you haven't already, but make sure you uh, get those likes up for us here on the after dark series. We appreciate you guys tuning in all summer long. We'll continue after dark as the season rolls along and we'll keep you updated on any kind of scheduling changes in that regard, if we change to a different day or not, but uh, I'm excited for everything this season. And, uh, but this thing, this on to next week, tomorrow, 10 year anniversary. So I'm going to be out. It'll be Nick Moriano. Thank you, sir. Uh, Excited for it. Uh, uh, Credit to my wife for putting up with me and credit (laughs) to all of you for putting up with me. Uh, you're You're all stuck with me. Uh, so Nick Moriano and Adam Hogue tomorrow afternoon at noon. And, uh, you know, then of course, Will DeWitt and Nick will wrap things up on Friday. So still more to come here for CHGO Bears. You got anything else? And I I would just say, remember, DraftKings code CHGO. uh, They're great odds on Justin Fields as MVP. Go get him. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to DraftKings. We appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, have a good night. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Once again, hit that like button. And we'll see you here tomorrow afternoon. And always, always bear down. Bear down.